Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. All right, guys, so listen, buckle your seats. The, uh, the uh, air bags are going to drop in a moment because we're going to get a little bit turbulent, right? It's going to be exciting. It's going to be great. I've got a message. I've got a... I've got a fire in my heart today uh, in what the Lord has prepared for you. And um, I asked specifically, uh, Pastor Quentin, if I could um, preach on this series because I've, I really feel that there's something in my heart that the Lord has put there uh, for, for you to hear. So um, I haven't preached a lot this year. Actually, this is the, uh, the first time for, for various reasons. But um, I'm excited to be here today and to be here with you and bringing you a message that the Lord has placed upon my heart. And... Um, this morning, I wanted to share a little bit of a transformative moment um, that happened in my life not too long ago, actually, um, and it was something that I've been reflecting on uh, over the last few weeks uh, that has happened in my life, uh, and, and specifically around a, a certain view that I have of, of, of society, and, and it, was, it, was, it was quite incredible, and some of the key um, principles that I'm going to bring to you in this message today uh, had, had come to me uh, two weeks ago, I mentioned it last week when I was up here service leading, uh, it came to me while I was busy digging deep uh, one meter holes in, in our property uh, for poles for a horse fence, right? So I just want to, I say that to say all of this, that don't despise these insignificant moments because they can be yeah, quite uh, profound. And so I got a couple of words while I was busy digging holes there with a shovel. I stopped, took up my phone, took some notes and some of these key principles I'm going to be sharing with you. We're, we're built upon digging a hole, all right? So yeah, hopefully you see some of the humor in that, <laughs> right? Um, Francis, you actually do have a very interesting move. You do a two-step when you are on stage. So um, yeah, so just wanted to let you know, you've also got a thing that you do. So <laughs> I've probably got something too, but yeah, that's great. Really excited. All right, so before we, uh, we get into the word, uh, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to bring a word to your people, Father. I pray that you anoint my words today, season it with salt, Father. Allow my words to fall onto ripe and ready hearts, Father. I pray, Lord Jesus, that my, my words may penetrate hearts, Lord, that minds will be transformed today and that a transformational effect will take place in people's views and their thoughts and their, and their demeanor. I pray, Father, for a change in heart, Father, today. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will use my words as a conduit, Lord, to people's lives for transformation, and I pray for this right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a piece of scripture here, and I don't, I don't normally read this much scripture when I'm reading, but for the context of my message today, I thought it was appropriate to do so. Uh, I'm going to ask two volunteers to come forward, um, so two of the tallest men in church, uh, because simply put, uh, you guys can come forward, and uh, you guys can get ready. Uh, what I've asked you to get ready. So I'm going to start reading out of Acts 10, verses 9 to 34. So if you've got your Bibles with me, please open up. I'm going to read from the printed text over here. You can take out your Bible app. It will not be on the screen because it is so long, uh, but please take out your Bibles, but I will read nevertheless. All right, so Peter visits Cornelius, all right? So in Acts 10, verses 9 to 34, and it goes like this. The next day, as Cornelius' messages uh, were arriving in the town, Peter went up onto the flat roof to pray. It was about noon and he was hungry. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheet let down by four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals. 
There were reptiles, there were birds, there were animals, and a voice said, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Right? So, um, thanks, thanks, guys. So, my son Jason wouldn't mind a couple of T-Rex steaks. He, he would definitely enjoy that. I don't know if there's any Italians in the house. I would sure you'd enjoy it, but I had some horse in Italy, so. Um, but, nevertheless, um, so Peter was told to kill and eat, and this was his response to the Lord. He said, no, Lord, Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws, all right? So I'm going to underscore that specifically because it's going to be a red thread throughout my message. I, I, because, sorry, I have, I, I, I have never eaten anything uh, that our Jewish lords have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again, do not call something unclean if the Lord has made it clean. The same vision repeated three times and then the sheet pulled up to heaven. Peter was perplexed or confused is another word. Uh, what could the vision mean? Just then some men that were sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, he asked, is there a man named Simon Peter staying here? Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzled over the sight, the Holy Spirit said to him, there are three men who are looking for you. Get up and go downstairs. Go with them without hesitation. Don't worry for I have sent them. So Peter went down and he said, I'm the man you are looking for. Why have you come? They've said, we have been sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man, well respected in the Jewish uh, community. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. So Peter invited them to stay for the night. And the next day, uh, he accompanied his, with his brothers uh, to Joppa. Sorry, from Joppa. They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them, and he called his relatives together and his friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius fell down flat uh, at his feet and worshipped him. Peter pulled him up and said, stand up. I'm a human being just like you. So, he thanked, uh, so they talked and went outside uh, where many others were assembled. Peter told them, and this is, a, this is a really interesting point over here. Peter told them, do you know it's against our laws, here it is again, our Jewish laws, uh, for, um, for a Jewish man not to enter a Gentile's home and associate with him. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure and unclean. So this, this, this statement over here in, in verse 28 specifically, I call it the Peter moment. All right, so I'm going to use that phrase quite often. I call this phrase in, 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 uh, in, in um, verse 28, the Peter moment, where he, he realizes that God said to him that it's, it, yeah, don't, don't think of anyone as impure and unclean. Okay, so continuing, verse 29. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent, and now, uh, <clears throat> now tell me why you have come for me. So Cornelius replied, four days ago, I was, I was praying in my house. And about the same time at three o'clock in the afternoon, suddenly a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. He told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and the gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now send messages to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He's staying at a house of also a guy called Simon. He's a tanner, so works with leather, uh, who lives at the seashore. So, so I sent for you at once and it was good for you to come. Now we are all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Now, this is, this is the real kicker over here. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. Now, if, if you continue with that, reading that passage over there, 
Um, you, you'll also read that the whole of Cornelius' household uh, becomes saved. Uh, they also start speaking in tongues. And even the, the brothers from Joppa, the other Christians that joined Peter on the trip, were perplexed. And they were like surprised. And they're like, wow, this is incredible. God has salvation reserved for, for the non-Jews as well. And, and so th- this is really this Peter moment. And I, and I want to speak a little bit uh, in my message today about an event that, that took place. And I'll get to that in a moment. But this, 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 this verse 28 really stuck with me. But God has shown me, sorry Peter, that I should no longer think of anyone as impure and unclean. So Peter's capacity to love was basically restricted by his traditions, right? He had a certain worldview. So Peter must have grown up in an environment where he was living under certain traditions, certain laws, and was restricted in a certain way to think in a certain way. He was conditioned from a, from a young age up until where he was. And even though he was walking with Jesus for three years and spent most of his day with Jesus, he still didn't realize, he still didn't get it. It's like, come on, Peter, wake up, smell the roses. And, and, and this, this is it. And, and just to be able to confirm a little bit of, of, of what Jesus and, and what the whole purpose of Jesus coming to earth and what God uh, meant by that, there's two verses I just wanted to anchor on and, and solidify my message specifically on, uh, in, in that God brings no distinction to man when, he's, uh, when he sent Jesus to this earth. In 1 John 2 verses 2, he himself, uh, sorry, he, you know, he himself, if, if the sacrifice is enough for our sins, and not only for our sins, but the sins of the whole world, all right? So Jesus, his, his sacrifice was enough for the sins of the entire world. So Peter sort of missed that. He, he missed that part. He didn't really get it. Um, in, in John 3, 16, quite a well-known verse as well too. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes may inherit eternal life. So whoever, so God is not gender uh, favorite over here. He is not ethnic background favor over here. He is not, uh, he is not favoring. He is God, uh, he, 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 he simply says that whoever believes will in, inherit eternal life. And I think this, is, this, is a, this, this to me is, again, the, the, the real kicker around this area, is that God's love for people is unconditional. There's no conditions. There's no, there's no restrictions. There's no, because you need to fall within this format, because you look, smell, or perceived in this way, your status and your stature in, in society, you, you, don't, you, you don't get a conditional pardon because of, of that and, and enter heaven. There, there's, a, there's an unconditional love that God has. And I'm really excited about the series about God's love, my experience, because I had, I had a, a, a Peter moment, and I'll explain to you uh, in, a, in a moment on, on what that was all about. And so, of course, Jesus died on the cross for all of us. Uh, it was not reserved for the Jews only. Uh, and this, this, this really was a defining moment. When the animals came through a vision, you know, Peter, Peter had this transformative moment, one, one of many in those few days. But this is one of the first steps that God, when God spoke to him, he said, Peter, it's okay. You know, there is salvation for, for more than the Jews. And I think this is just, wow, uh, such an incredible revelation to him and to me. And so I want to ask you a question over here this morning, and I wanted to sit with you while and, and chew on it as a, as a cow chews cud or sheep. I see my sheep chewing cud often. But it, I, want, I want you to, to think about this question while I, while I bring the rest of my message to you. Is that what is the current traditions or belief system 
that places a ceiling on your ability to love others beyond your boundary. So what are the current traditions? So, so Peter had a certain, uh, he had a certain worldview, right? So he, before he had this vision where the animals came down on the white sheet, and before he went to Cornelius' home and he saw a transformation take place before his very eyes when, he, when, he, when he, bring, he brought the message that God had in store in his heart for the people within Cornelius' home, he had a certain worldview, right? He had a certain way of thinking that, no, it's, it's only the Jewish folks that, are, that, are, uh, that have a reservation for a place in heaven. But this, this, this was a transformative effect that happened in, 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 uh, in people's lives. So I want to I ask you guys, what, what, is, what is the thinking that you have and what is the challenge in your life when it comes to going beyond your boundaries of, of loving others? And this, this was, of course, what, what God cha- uh, challenged Peter on, right? He challenged him in his, in his thinking on this topic uh, specifically. Um, so, so again, I, I, wanna, I just want to first speak then on, on what is this love towards others? So when, when I say, you know, what is your ability or your limitation when it comes to being able to love others? What is this love others? What, what, Matthew, what, do, what do you mean? Give me some examples. Um, I can probably just give you a small snippet of what I, what I see and, and, and what the Bible refers to as, as loving others and also having God's love exhibited on this earth towards others. And um, it's in Matthew 5 specifically. I'm going to get to the scripture now. But it, it speaks about when your neighbor asks you to walk a mi- one mile and, and you go the extra mile with him, right? Or when he asks you to, if your neighbor asks you to give him his shirt, you give him your coat, Yesterday in our connect group, we were speaking specifically on the topic of, of God's love. And I, and, I, and I was thinking about it and, and, it, and it dawned upon me that going the extra mile for someone or giving him your coat when it's cold outside, it's uncomfortable, right? It's, it, it's, it's uncomfortable. It, you know, going that extra mile, walking with someone, it's uncomfortable. But it also exhibits the condition of your heart, right? It shows that you're going, you're, you're willing to go the extra mile, the metaphoric extra mile as well. I think for me, that is, that is really what it's about when going over and beyond, because everyone can walk a mile, right? Everyone can give the shirt when answered. No, it, there's no differentiation. There's no differentiation. But what, what dis- differentiates us in our, in, our, in our Christian being versus what the rest of the world will do when asked to do something and exhibit love, for me, this is, this is God's love of going that extra mile. And specifically in, in verse uh, 46 and verse uh, 47 uh, in Matthew 5, it says, if you love only those who love you, what reward is that? What, re- what reward is in that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from everyone else? Even pagans do that. So again, just side notes for, for those who work for Scutterback, we, we love you nonetheless. So tax collectors over here are not, you know, not evil. It was just in reference at that time, there was Roman occupancy and uh, the local people were asked to help uh, collect the taxes and they uh, would take a little bit extra for themselves so Caesar wouldn't get, get everything and so they were seen as traitors. So, so the Bible refers to tax collectors as, as not such kind people. So, so again, for those who work for Scutterback, we love you nonetheless, so please don't take any offense. Right, so again, um, I find the scripture simple, yet but extremely profound. If we just think about that, how easy is it to love someone that loves you, right? How easy is that? Oh, I mean, someone's showing affection to me. 
wow, I can love that person back pretty easy. How easy it is to, to show kindness to, to someone else, right, who's, who's showing kindness to you. How, how simple would that be? Oh, very, very easy. Very, very, very simple. But how difficult is it to love and go beyond your boundaries, to love someone that maybe has shown hatred to you? In the earlier verses in, in uh, Matthew 5, it says, love your, love your enemies. It says, love your enemies. I'm like, wow, well, that, that is, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a big ask. But it differentiates us from the rest. It allows us to exhibit a Christ-like mindset. That God came, He came to earth for, for the unsaved, for those that, have, that spat on Him, that whipped Him, that pierced His side. Those are the people that God came to love and came to die for. And I think this is, this is what Christ asks of us, is to go that extra mile and to give our coat. And that re really is what God's love is. And I think this is to me one, one dimension, one snippet. Stefan was sharing of an amazing uh, story that happened many years ago of him and Carol being in a car accident um, where they made a very interesting U-turn or didn't. <laughs> and uh, the car went into a wall and, and they walked out unscathed basically. And how God's grace was over them. And there's many, there's many facets of God's love that can be shown and, and I'm sure we can testify in our lives. I wanna, I wanna share a couple of thoughts specifically on the topic of unconscious bias. Now, I, I'm might, I might butcher the word over here in Swedish, guys, so please um, just bear with me. Omvetende uh, fratisket, is that correct? Thanks, uh, so someone is nodding their head, so that's good. Might be a little bit confused, so it might be my expression, my dialect. But uh, un, un, unconscious bias. So the company that I work for has been going through um, this topic of uh, unconscious bias uh, in the last few weeks, and it's helped me a little bit reflecting on, on, my, uh, on some of the things that I'm challenged by. It reflects a little bit on my, my upbringing, uh, how I was educated, uh, coming from South Africa, I grew up in a certain society, and I, was, and I was conditioned in a certain way to think because I was educated in that way. I was brought up in that way. I was told this is how it is. And so in the same way Peter, as he was raised, he was brought up in a certain way under his traditions, his Jewish laws, he was, he was, he was basically commissioned to act in a certain way. His body, his mind, his mindset, his worldview, his filter, his biases were based on a certain way he was raised, the way he was educated. And so for me, I've been challenged the last few weeks on this topic quite significantly. My worldview, and I know many of you as well too, uh, have, uh, should be challenged. And I, mine was challenged. I, during this course, I was there with a number of Swedes and, and, and others as well too. And all of us left that, 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 that training session realizing, well, hang on a second. I, in fact, do have a bias. I have a bias in a certain way. And, and they themselves too, they realize, oh, hang on. Well, it's, it's, that's the whole point. It's unconscious, right? Until you're made to aware of it, 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 it remains unconscious. And so I... In my worldview of other nations and people and groups in general forged primarily through the neighborhood that I grew up, um, by the friends that I had, um, by the social media and the media that I read, uh, by my, my upbringing, the parents that I had and, and my, my uncles and aunts and everyone that was surrounding us had an effect on how I think and how I filter the view of people that are different to me and that are similar to me. My beliefs and biases 
I think have a certain capacity for me to love others puts a ceiling over that. And so this bias that I, that I had has really helped me, or the, the realization of the bias that I had really helped me in trying to lift my, lift my ceiling of love towards others. And this was, just, this was like this eureka moment for me. It was like, wow. And I think invariably all of us have, have a certain bias, right? If, if I had to ask you, you think about the way, you know, if I had to draw some circles around who, who are your closest friendship group, like as in who do you associate? You know, what color are they? What, what language do they speak? What ethnic background are they from? And then you move out to your work colleagues and, and, and those that you maybe associate and have a, you know, have a drink with after work. And then it's those that you encounter every now and then on, a, on an informal basis. What, what does that look like? And, and again, all of that's conditioned in, in the way that you were brought up, in the way you were educated, the friends and the social media that you read. And so Peter also, in, in his bias, he, he had a certain view, right? So this is why the Lord challenged him with the sheep and saying, eat and kill. And he's like, no, they are unclean. But God had said, it, he makes, he's made them clean. And we saw, we saw what happened, or we read at least what happened in Cornelius' home, something transformational. And, and this, is, this is really, so, uh, and, and this is really where I want to get to and ask again this question. What are your current traditions and the belief system that places a ceiling on your ability to love others beyond your boundaries? Now, from God's love to, to my experience, I want to move into the second part of my, of my message. I think we all know who um, Aaron and Yvonne are, right? Um, one of the most amazing couples in this church, and fortunately Aaron is uh, um, overseas, he's in the U.S., and Yvonne's across the road helping the kids. I would love to have had them uh, be here just to honor them. But they, they're an amazing couple when it comes to loving people. No matter what color you are, what no, what, what no, uh, no matter what language you speak, no matter what religion you are, those people invite them into their homes. They stay with them if they, if they need to because there's maybe a desperate situation. Gosh, they have got the biggest benevolent hearts that I have ever seen. And for me, I'm, I'm challenged by that. When I, when, I, when I come to Aaron Yvonne's home, I'm just thinking, wow, who's going to be here? And then I'm just like thinking of myself, oh, come on, this is, this is just, yeah, cool, where, where are you? Uh, and, and I, I was uh, in Christal myself about two years ago, and this is, this is this transformational uh, event that happened in my life about, about two years ago, but I've only really been reflecting it upon it recently as a transformational event when I was preparing this, this sermon, in that uh, we were invited, uh, Christelle, myself, and a few others uh, from church were invited to Aaron and Yvonne's home for a meal. Um, as we all know, uh, Yvonne puts up an amazing meal. You walk away thinking, wow, <laughs> this is just like five-class hotel stuff. And... Um, and also, Aaron was, was going to SFI, or SFI, so Swedish for Immigrants. It's, for those who don't know, it's a language, a language uh, course uh, for, for people who have joined the country and, and would like to learn Swedish. So, so Aaron brought a number of his uh, classmates, and quite a few, um, to this event. And, and there, um, Christel and myself met a, a Muslim a Syrian couple and, and their three children. And so I need to give you a little bit of background to the context of this story and again, I, I grew up in a home with parents that were very open-minded, that weren't, um, you know, uh, you know, that were very open-minded and uh, that were not judgmental over, over people. Um, but the context of my upbringing when it comes to, uh, again, uh, the Muslim faith 
was that I was brought up, or at least the society I was exposed to, said that the Muslim faith, you know, all Muslim people are evil. I'm sorry, that, that's why I was brought up. I'm not trying to advocate the Muslim faith. All that I'm trying to illustrate through the story is that I had a transformational event that happened in the lounge of Aaron Yvonne's home. And so I, I, I was a little bit hesitant to speak to them because, again, my bias, my background, and all that I've been educated on uh, throughout my entire life said, ooh, you know, you need to avoid those type of people, and, you know, they might, you know, a little bit dangerous. And so a lady was sitting with a bur- burqa, and um, he was sitting there with his beard and looking a little bit, I was thinking, oof, okay. So I thought, you know, maybe, come on, you know, just get out of your shell. And so I went up, and I spoke to the gentleman and had a good chat to him, and Spoke to his wife and um, had a great chat with him, and and wow, did I leave, did I leave that event, that event ashamed and embarrassed about what I thought and what my bias was? I was, I was so. I, I spoke to Christelle afterwards, and I thought, like, wow, I can't look myself in the mirror. I was so embarrassed. I was so ashamed of the bias that I have over the over the over a certain people group. And I was like, wow, wow, what an opportunity that I've missed throughout my entire life. Not that I've lived that long, there's still more to come. But I was like, wow, what an opportunity. And um, I, was, I was like, wow. And, and in the same way that Peter had a transformational event in Cornelius's lounge with all of those people there, so did I have a transformational effect happen in my life in the lounge of Aaron and Yvonne's home when it comes to seeing the person above the exterior. I was like, wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that. And subsequently, we've invited this couple over to our house many occasions in different formats. They've eaten with us. We've done other, other activities together. Christelle has been to their, uh, her, her home, visited her quite a few times, and we, we struck up a friendship with them. I'm like, Matthew, how superficial of you from the very beginning to think and judge people from the very beginning. And I was like, wow, what an opportunity. I had a certain bias on, 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 on certain people. So my, my ability to love, God's love through me was limited because I had a certain view on certain people. In the same way Peter was transformed, he started on the roof, God told him to eat, he went to Cornelius' home, the other Christians said, wow, God really did send Jesus to die for everyone. And I was like, man, how could I have missed out on so much? How could I have missed out on so much? I just want to invite the band up at this point uh, as well too. So Shetland and Axon Rowan, you guys can join us here. I want to leave you with a, a, a few thoughts, guys, on this topic of unconscious bias and God's love. What does your love look like towards those around you? Do you hit the ceiling in capacity to love beyond your bias? And don't tell me you don't have one, because I know you do. Everyone does. Everyone has a certain bias. What are the, what are the things that prohibit you from taking the next step? What is your ceiling in terms of God's love in your life? Are you aware of those biases? What are the things that you are challenged by when you look at certain folks and certain people and you, you see the exterior and you realize, oh, okay, well, 
this is how, how it is, how they are. For me, that was, again, that, that breakthrough that happened in, in that lounge was for me in a, a moment that I cherish and I'm grateful and thankful for that I had that, that transformational effect in my life. And I want to, again, I want to reach out to you and, and challenge you today that God has so much more capacity in you than, than you can ever imagine to love those around you, to love your neighbor. I know it's, it's not uncommon to, to not greet your neighbor or you may not have even seen your neighbor. You might have lived there for five years or go knock on the door and say hi. Take some cakes. Make sure that they're not gluten-free. Make sure that you, know, you don't want to end up in a bit of a hospitalization situation and trying to do good. Go the extra mile. Go the extra mile to show God's love to your neighbor. And literally, it could be your neighbor next door. And for me, this, is, this has been my, my, my challenge. And um, I'm, I'm forever grateful again of this event that took place. It helped me break my mindset on, on certain ways that I thought. And so as we're about to go into worship, I want to leave you again with those questions. But I also want to say this in closing, is that God's love works through you and me. We are His vehicle. We are His conduit. And we've been designed in that way, His creation, for His creation to see, feel, and experience God's love. It's you and I, guys. It's up to you and me to show God's love to the people around us. No matter what their color, their size, their height, their language. And for me, this, is, this has been something that is really cemented in my heart. And I, I, want to walk, I want you to walk away thinking, and I want you to chew on this topic this week and ask yourself the question, how are you limited by loving those around you that you might have a bias towards. So I want to end up for that and ask uh, the band to continue and I'll take my animals along over here. So great. Thank you very gu much, guys, for uh, this opportunity. I'm going to pray with us right now. Jiggle, guys, you guys can be scrumming in the background as well. And let's just cement this, this message in prayer. Father, I want to thank you for these people today here before me and um, wonderful, wonderful church of, of believers and people's hearts, Lord, I, I pray for, I pray for opening of heart. I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit may minister and speak to, to these wonderful people in front of me today and for those online. I pray that this message hopefully has been able to challenge and expand their horizon and remove some filters that might be there and some biases that are there. I pray your blessing over this day and this week. I pray your love over us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, guys, let's stand and let's worship.